Now this is podcasting presents lyrical time capsule. Hi there, welcome to lyrical time capsule, the show where a couple of paranoid androids take iconic and not so iconic songs and analyze them line by line based on the lyrics alone, and decide whether they deserve, based on the just the words included. To be preserved forever, in an impregnable, indestructible, and very limited space, time capsule for all eternity. My name is Hugo, and with me on this amazing lyrical journey is Ming. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes, we are back, an and I have to say it's a joy. It's an impregnable pause. Nice man, that's good. My pregnant pause. Yes, that's great. That's a little bit. Ah,、uh, who did that? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a classic phrase. But、uh, silver chair. My pregnant pause. <laughs> my pregnant pause. We'll get we'll get to silver chair one day. <laughs> I hope、uh, so. Yeah, great band.、Um, is that a segue? Is that a segue to where we're going? Silver chair. I mean, we could ride it. Genre genre wise. Yeah, I, I believe we、so. can surf that segue.、So. Yeah. 100%. Well, we are looking at a massively iconic song today, and dare I say it, a massively mysterious and、mm. ambiguous—a song layered in in ambiguity, and a song layered in symbolism, and a song layered in, I believe, deliberately unclear and ambiguous or obfuscated meanings, obfuscated, layers of meanings.、Nice. Yeah. That's a that's a word I use when I don't want people to understand what I mean.、Um, <laughs> it's very sesquipedalian、so, of you. Oh damn, bro! <laughs> I got triskaidekaphobia just listening to that. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I think we're being suitably cryptic. I think that was the word I was looking for originally. Is cryptic、oh, um, because we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at the Nirvana song and. We're looking at the Nirvana song "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and, but and 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 because because of the nature of Nirvana, because of the nature of the the writer of the song, there's going to be quite a lot of biographical information woven into this, I believe,、mm. and and philosophy and stuff. But anyway, we'll see how we go. We'll see where we end up.、Okay. So, Mingo, how are you feeling? You ready to go on this?、Uh, yeah. On this dharmic dharmic journey, this、yes. wheel of、uh, take a spin on the wheel of samsara. The wheel of cheese. Yes, let's take a bite. Nice. Let's go. There's many feels. Where, where do we start? 
Yeah, where do we start with this, Ming? I, you, you're getting the feels then. Why don't you tell me a bit so about that? So many feels. I, I'm, I had the shivers up the spines. Ooh. Tell me. Tell me more. Um, was it love at first sight? It probably was. Um, yeah, I, that opening guitar riff. I mean, sorry to di- diverge from our um, Overlord's mission, but that, mm-hmm. yeah, just that opening guitar jinx broing just and then when the when those drums kick in just every time it just really hits me yeah there's a reason yeah there's reasons let's say there's reasons why this had such an impact i think i think impact is is a pretty apt word for for what this song did Mm. um let's let's dive into the lyrics though let's do it come back to that let's do it so i think one of the iconic things about um Kurt Cobain as a singer is he does sing in in a way that is sort of quite indecipherable this first verse isn't too bad but still it's really important I think that we read the lyrics um, out aloud um, and and you know there's a verse later which I seriously didn't know what he was saying until I was researching this episode <laughs> and I've listened to this song probably thousands of times mm. anyway so let's read verse one mm. the, the published lyrics load up on guns bring your friends it's fun to lose and to pretend. Okay. So a couplet there. Mm. Whew. All right. Uh, I mentioned that we're going to have <laughs> biographical information in this. <laughs> Is this foreshadowing <laughs> that we get? <laughs> that we Oof. get in the, in the first, in the very first. Yeah. Gru- Is this gruesome foreshadowing? No, I, I, don't, um, I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think? Why? Why? What? What? What does this mean to say load load up on guns, bring your friends? What does he, What does he mean? Yeah, I think it's a, it's you know it's a um, setting the scene a mise, mise en scène, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what's what's the imagery that it it um, what imagery does it create for you? Because I'm seeing a whole bunch of hicks get into a ute. Cool. You know that's yep. in, that's kind yep. of what what it triggers for me. Um, yeah, losing and pretending. I mean, yeah, yeah, it sounds like some. There's definitely some nihilism and, and, and a group a group think kind of let's let's go let's let's go do yeah do it. But um, uh, I I think I think it's a I think it's sort of sarcastically making fun of people that would do that. I mean, straight off mm. the bat, that's my that's my impression because of, uh, you know the the lyric is kind of delivered with the, for the whole song it's dripping with sarcasm. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I I think I think so he's in, making fun of this group. Cool, I I I can totally see that. So so Kurt Cobain, um, you know, it's important to look at the universal, but also just specifically biographical. Kurt Cobain is sort of from a hick town, right? The the kind of place. That you're mm. describing, and and mm. America being a very gun-related culture, mm. um, anyway. So so I can I can totally see that he would be t- potentially talking about that group. In fact, you might be you know like ninety nine percent accurate there. But I can't help but think in that moment. Load up on guns, bring your friends. I can't help but think 
of a of a second foreshadowing. Now I'll I'll be cl- a bit clearer to the listener. There's a cup there's a couple of layers to the foreshadowing that I guess I want to mention. <laughs> layers of shadows. The shadows. first layer is of <laughs> yeah. There's layers of shadow. There's shades of grey to this foreshadowing. <laughs> um, Kurt Cobain obviously, as everybody knows, um, killed himself with a firearm. Okay, so so there we go. First layer of foreshadowing. I don't really want to necessarily go into that. Um, what I do want to talk about is the foreshadowing of another type of gun-related youth intersection with youth that came about after this song, which is the phenomenon of the school shooter. Mm. And so, yes, the hick, the hicks in the youth or, or whatever, in the pickup truck, as they call it in America. Um, yeah, I can totally see that angle. But I can also see an image of a, lo- a, a nihilistic loner a la Harrison Klebold, the the Columbine school shooters, or the dozens of others that, that America has had in the meantime. And I can sort of see a through line there, I guess, to other th- from other themes that, that come up in Nirvana's discography, but also mm. the philosophy of this song. And, sure. and I think that you already mentioned a really important word, which was nihilism. I think you said that when you were talking about how yeah. sardonic it is. Yeah. So... The, the the hick type of imagery, I think, is one layer to what's going on here. And that's maybe Kurt Cobain's deliberate, deliberate sardonic eye that he's casting over American society of and, the hick types. And, and, no, and no shade to, to, you know, specific peoples of certain demographics, of course. Uh, we're, we're talking in... We're talking in um, external perception of, of cliches and generalizations. Yeah, um, it's yeah. not my opinion, yeah. but but it would. I can totally see that it would be Kurt's opinion based on everything that I've read about him. He's very mm, not of that bent, basically. Like he comes from this town, very small town, uh, and you know, in Washington, I think Washington State, where famously Seattle is what is one of the largest cities. But he's from this sort of mountain, you know, whatever up in the hills region, sort of lumberjack type territory, maybe coastal. I'm not sure, but anyway, like industrial. Uh, type of or, or primary industry type mm. area and fundamentally he doesn't fit in mm. um because the because the prevailing culture would have been yeah as you're saying it hick i'm not when you're, we're not using that word disparagingly it's just like a, a, a descriptor of people and, and in america there would be this that, that sort of aggressively macho uh type of type of self-image and that's tied in with guns i think that's that's fine um so, but but Kurt Cobain would have been being sardonic about it. Mm. But but I can't ignore a, a sub layer of of that which Kurt Cobain came along as this cultural icon. And I'm not I'm not I'm not putting it on him. I'm not making the Marilyn Manson Columbine mistake. But in terms of in terms of Nirvana being representative of a time, which then led to another time, I think it's interesting to talk about the nihilism of. The youth, which oh, you, coincided with this, are, are you suggesting um, a, a cause, a causation linkage? No, I'm trying not to. I'm trying oh, okay. to suggest a symbolic linkage. I'm, I, okay. When I said that, I'm not. I, when I, I was rushing through it, but I, when I said I'm not trying to make the Marilyn Manson Columbine mistake, I think that I think that Marilyn Manson got got pinned. Right, his his lyrics got pinned on the Columbine, the trench coat right, mafia. Right, the trench coat mafia got pinned on him, mm. 
And, you know, I, do, I totally disagree with that. Mm. But Mar in the same way that Marilyn Manson represented a nihilistic rage mm. that was in kind of youth t culture at the time, I think that Nirvana represented a nihilism. Kurt Cobain in particular represented a nihilism that existed at the time in youth. He was commenting on it, but he yeah. also represented it. Yeah. And so he, his lyricism and his artistry represented something which was in youth at the time mm. and culminated, or, I, th or, I think. Or that I don't, youth, youth connected with. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, that youth connected with, but he was speaking to that. And so, mm. the, and so therefore, youth connected with it. They didn't, they didn't follow him into it. They, he just was one of the vocal proponents of how youth were feeling. Mm. And one of the darkest, most horrible consequences of the youth um, disconnection from society in America has culminated in the school shooter. Yeah. Um, now, okay, so sorry, I, I, that was a massive sidetrack. But the reason I say that, the re one of the reasons I say that that subtext is there is because that these are not the only lyrics for the first part of the song. They're not the only lyrics out there, right? You, right. Know, you know the alternate lyrics to this part? No, 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 I haven't seen nor heard them. No. Okay, so so I believe now. Now I'm going to get the story wrong, <laughs> but but there isn't. There's an alternative lyric out there for the first line, right? And it is, it is load up on drugs, kill your friends, right? And so if you meld those two lines together, load up on guns and kill your friends, I couldn't think of a better, um, manif you know, little motto of a school shooter. A little sardonic motto. It's like, I'm going to load mm. up on guns and kill, my, kill your friends. And so, um, so the, that's the reason it's becoming suggested in my mind. Now, mm. it might seem like I'm going way, way out into the bushes on this, but, but it all links back to that important word that you used, which is nihilism. Mm. Um, I think that Kurt Cobain was, re was representing and speaking to and embodying a nihilism which existed at the time in youth and that has only gotten worse in the meantime. Mm. Um, and one of its darkest representatives or one of its absolute peaks of terror is this is this phenomenon of the school shooter. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just want to mention these things as, as we set out. The, the nihilism of youth and the danger of that that I think is, is, has been laid bare in American society and I think... Kurt Cobain in this song, in particular, was an was a harbinger of that. Mm. So that's why I'm going there, <laughs> and I apologise to anyone if that seems like it's coming way out of left field. I think I can make a pretty good case for it as the song goes on. Yeah, um, no, I, I, th yeah, I think apologies. that's fun. I think that's fun. Yeah, well, but uh, but you know, also, yeah, I was about to make a terrible pun. I was about to say apologies if that triggered anyone, and so I won't. <laughs> and now make you that have. Pun. I will scrub that. I scrubbed that from the record. For legal reasons, that was a terrible joke. Um, uh, <laughs> let's listen to the pre-chorus. <laughs> well, can we, you know, I know that we're, oh. I know that this isn't a very long song, oh. um, but I just want to just just take it a bit more piece by piece. Yeah, no, that's so cool. So it's fun to lose. Maybe It's maybe fun we to can, lose and to pretend. Maybe we can edit from before the pun. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. I'm, um, you know, I'm f happy to fall on. I'm happy going to fall on that um, tech nine. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can get. I don't want to get too dark, but I always thought it was terrible. Right, Harrison Klebold, the mm. the school the school shooters, the Columbine. I just thought that their initials HK. You know, 
wow. Heckler and Koch, like wow. H and K. I was always like, that's weird. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Okay, so load up on guns, bring your friends. Rally and cry, yep, let's get in the ute or, you know, let's go commit some violence, whatever. Mm. Load up. Let's break it down really, really in forensic detail. Load up on something. What do you load up on normally? It, me me what, personally? What, what, no, not you personally. <laughs> what is someone in language terms? What? Where's the irony? Where's the irony here that he's that he's using that word? You don't load up on guns. You load up guns. So why load up on? Yeah, I, I, and I think that that um, the the common phrase uh, you know, getting loaded. I, that that's yes. uh, Now is that what's the origin of that? Because I've heard it used um, in the UK as well, but I feel like maybe it's originally from um, a US yeah. kind of vernacular, yeah. right? So getting where have you heard on- it in the UK from Primal Scream? Maybe, yeah, yeah, well, because that's that's from well, that's the sample for an American movie. We want to get loaded. We want to have a good right, time. Like, we don't right. use that language. That's really American. Yeah, it's very American, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, but, uh, alcohol would be the, the yeah. primary usage of that in my experience. Cool, but basically, you'd agree, like intoxicants, intoxicants basically. Intoxicants, yeah, hundred percent. So, Load up on guns is basically like guns. Even guns are a, are an addiction, right? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine they are. I don't have any, but I could see people getting addicted to it. And definitely, American culture mm. has a gun addiction. I think we've we've covered the first line. It's fun. It's fun to lose and to pretend. Is it fun? Is it fun to lose? Is that what, what what's going on here? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I I think I think this is the this is the embodiment of the of the nihilism and and there's there's yeah. this, you know an uh, an attempt to escape, um, mm. which is then reflected in the in the next line as well. Um, yeah, you know a, a, a need Good. a need to evade the realities of of one's life if it's um, very limited and restricted in scope. Nice, I totally agree with that that's really deep actually but uh, if i can take that really one level more shallow several (laughs) levels more shallow just it's fun to lose it's like a really classic um sort of uh uh, sort of what's the word like a bait and switch like a ripping the rug out from under you for the word that you expect right um it's fun you know it's fun to lose it's Mm. so (laughs) it's such an it's such an odd phrase and it's so sardonic i think you already used that word um it's fun to lose, like it's like so. You should aim to lose, basically, because it's fun. It, why would somebody do that? I mean, and I and the only thing I can think of is that they're they're bored of win. They're bored of being told to win. Basically, it's just like no, no, no. I'm going to be a loser. Yeah, it's an an- um, anti-hero it's kind of concept. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And and not yeah, really anti-hero. Mm. Like the I'm going to be the antithesis of the hero. Mm. Yes, really good. Okay, and to pretend, what's where does that smack you, given the context of the song? Yeah, I I think just um, yeah, playing it, playing it, being someone yes. that you're not. Nice. Um, yeah. Masks. Great. Your masks. I'm so glad you said that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. But I think it's not too early. I don't think it's too early. Maybe maybe it is. But okay, I just <laughs> want to mention someone. Someone who I think is really integral to this discussion. Mm. 
who or more like what they represent is integral someone like alan watts who i listen to so much he's one of my all-time heroes mm. one of my all-time cultural heroes one of the things he talks about a lot is about the masks of of society and even the the word person um is an old ancient word um persona um, meaning uh, a mask that allows the sound to come out in a theater, uh, of course, um, in an ancient amphitheater. Yeah, right. So it's persona; it's for the sound to come through. Mm. So even the word "person" is about pretending; is about putting on a mask. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's fun to lose and to pretend. I think that you nailed it by saying it's a mask. So great. A, a teen, a, a, you know, yeah. And here's the here's the issue, right? The teenager arriving in society and being told to pretend um you know fake it till you make it type of vibe mm. you don't know who you are but you know you've got to act this role um yeah well the, the so great the stuff society has you know family parents peers yes. you know, they have but they bring all the um projected expectations of the role that you should play and mm-hmm. um, and you know there's there's uh, there's a sense of you must be you must act or behave like an adult, um, but you know es- essentially you're still a, a child and figuring out what that is and what that means. Yeah, mm. yeah, wonderful, exactly right. So I think that that word is mm. <laughs> is huge. Okay, next couple of lines. She, you know, okay, she's overboard and self assured. Yeah, we're given a character here. That. Finally, we, right, can, we are. Yeah. Um, but no specifics, I don't think. Um, anyway, she's overboard and self-assured. Ugh. I, it has to link to the next line. Oh no, I know a dirty word. Mm. What? Who, who's being characterized here? She's overboard. I I fucking love that. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, this is classic. Great. Kurt Cobain <laughs> lyricism, right? Where, yeah, the, what, how can we break this because down? Because phonetically, you know, mm. uh, phonetically it's overboard as in, you know, jumped off the ship. Yeah, um, that's right. Which, which you know, suggests, you know, concepts of um, uh, drowning, needing, needing saving, um, going too far. Um, and then right. in written form, it's bored, yeah. B-O-R-E-D. Um, yeah, and suggesting like a listlessness, a restlessness. Sorry, not listlessness. Yeah, huh? um, a restlessness. <laughs> the opposite. And, um, and listless is right. Yeah, I, I meant as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That's both. Yeah. laughs> right. It's good. Uh, I, full disclosure to the listener. Um, I had a very disrupted sleep, <laughs> and um. I actually fell asleep listening to Nirvana at full volume yeah. um, around 5 a.m. Yeah. prior to yeah. this recording and uh, was yeah. woken up only a few hours later. And my hearing has suffered and I think possibly oh. some cognitive <laughs> abilities. Yeah. Well, then, you're, then so, you are perfectly primed yeah, yeah. To, to, give a, to give us insights into the mind states <laughs> that are being... That are being described in in this song. The I, never mind. The indeed. never mind. The no mind. I mm. I just love the double imagery of um, overboard versus overboard. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I just love that. Yeah, yeah, it's really perfect. Very clever. Um, p- p- people are not sure. You've probably always heard overboard. She's overboard. Um, and as as Ming said, when it's written, when you go to the written lyrics, it's actually over 
hyphen B-O-R-E-D. And so that's basically what, you know, evidently they must have got the lyrics from what Kurt wrote down. But all this time, I always just thought he meant in the sea, you know. Um, oh, or, or whatever. Like, as you said, she's gone overboard. Like, she's gone too far kind of thing. Mm. But overboard. Yeah, she's overboard. She's she's not just bored. She's overboard. It's amazing. Mm. Um, okay. Then the, the sardonic nature continues. Self-assured. Oh, no. I know a dirty word. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Kurt, stop. <laughs> like... Like why would why would self-assured? I assume he's referring to the word self-assured, and he's saying, "Oh no, that's a dirty word." Mm. So, uh, do you do you take it like that? I I, um, I think there's a few layers, and uh, I think maybe just briefly, what I like about within these four lines is um, how the perspective uh, changes. Mm. So, you know, um, at the the first two lines are spoken as as the protagonist, and then um, the third line is like a narrator, a, an observer. So it's switched modes, and then the fourth line is like an internal dialogue of that nice. observer. So I, I find already it's um you know it, it's it's it, how it changes perspectives within four lines is is um is really. It's interesting, um, and yes, sort of. It, where where does it place you as the listener? You know, which which character are you following? Are you are you an audience member to what's going on? I I just like how it um, how it switches modes there. I love that take. And um, what can I say about that? Does this be? It's it's quite. Um, it's, would would you agree with this assessment? It's difficult to find your feet in this first verse of who you're with yeah like where your identity lies yes because it because as you said it <laughs> it switches at least three times mm. um between different perspectives mm. so that's very jarring mm. that's very um it's very discombobulating yeah, for the listener right on um and so that's kind of you know the medium is the message is the medium is the message as Marshall McLuhan said. Um, this is really dizzying, I think. When yes. you start to break it down, you're like, where are we? Who yes. am I in this song? Yeah. So identity. Yes. Identity is being um, really blend blended, and when I say blended, I mean it's being put in a Mess, fucking blender. Messed with. Yeah, it's really messed <laughs> yes, with. Yes, identity is being messed with. It's messing with your head when you yeah. listen to it. And especially when you break it down, actually, um, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned, uh, who, the, who did I mention before? <laughs> A few people, <laughs> pretty quickly. Oh god, yeah. Anyway, the Zen Buddhism guy. <laughs> what the Alan Watts? There we go. Alan, you can keep this in. Lao, Lao Tzu. Alan Watts. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Basically, he's Lao Tzu for the West, right? So Alan Watts brought Zen to the West. Um, that's the, he's basically the reason. He's basically the reason why any Westerners know what Zen Buddhism is. And part of the thing, the other thing that he breaks down, along with you know great stuff about masks and, and identity and things like that, is uh, the Zen Cohen. Mm. What's the purpose of a Zen Cohen? Um, so am I? You know, if I if I speak to this, if I try to speak to this. Would you feel like you could you could say better than me what a Zen Cohen is? Because no. I only know from Alan Watts. But, no. Okay, a Zen Cohen, and that's K O A N um, for anyone reading along at home, uh, <laughs> is a phrase. 
is a phrase or a riddle, basically. You know, I'm going to stuff this up. People correct me in the comments. But it's basically a phrase or a riddle that is designed to discombobulate the mind and lead immediately through the contemplation of the riddle and the non-solving of it, <laughs> the, this, the like surrender to um, the, um, pardon me, the surrender to the, the inability to solve the riddle mm. is a key to unlocking enlightenment. Yeah. It that, steps along the way. That's much, that's much more succinct <laughs> than how I would have explained it. <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Do it, do, I mean, is that approximately accurate what I said? Yeah, Do you, I mean, as far as as far as you know, I, as, yeah, I, I feel like my knowledge is even less. I, I yeah, riddle definitely, and and that yes. sense of that sense of being um, a little bit lost by it. I I think is the, yes. is the purpose. Exactly. So basically, a classic one would be what is the sound of one hand clapping, right? Mm. Um, which which Bart, <laughs> which Bart Simpson, yes, yeah, exactly. Quite. Bart Simpson famously <laughs> solved. <laughs> Um, but then, but then the classic, uh, you know, other ones would be, um, that what is, what is Zen? Um, it's a finger pointed at the moon kind of thing. Or the, uh, so um, if a tree falls in the forest. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I think that's the one Lisa eventually uses yeah. <laughs> to enlighten Bart, yeah. right? <laughs> she goes, what is the sound of one hand clapping? He goes, I got it, Lisa. I got yeah. it. And yeah. <laughs> whacking his fingers. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's classic Simpsons. That's golden era. Um, anyway, these Zen Cohens. Now, it, I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think it's accidental that Kurt writes in these kind of riddle no. statements, basically, yeah, with puns and and uh, very discombobulating, jarring changes of perspective, mm. ambiguity. Mm. For me, a lot of his lines read like Zen Cohens, right. And Zen Cohens are supposed to help a person on their road to enlightenment. Another word for which is <laughs> I'm being Socratic. What's the what's the Buddhist version of being Socratic? Being a fucking dickhead. <laughs> it's no it's it's nirvana. It's nirvana. Right? It's literally so, Yeah. And nirvana. Right. So Nirvana I, I, yeah, I don't think it's too early to say this. Nirvana, no, the in. name of the band is the name of the band is part of the lyrical content. Yeah. It's a direct of clue. the song. So I was distracted it's a because I was um I was trying to count <laughs> You were one hand clapping? I was <laughs> I I looked like I was doing that, but I was actually <laughs> trying to count words and I was I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to oh. place the lyrics within like a haiku framework. I was trying to oh, see cool. if there was a match. How there. did it fit? Well, did, was there anything there? Yeah, I was. <laughs> you caught me. You caught me trying to work it out, so I got distracted. Okay, load up on guns, bring your friends. That's seven. Yeah, it's fun to lose and to pretend. That's also seven. Yeah. So already we're out of the haiku yeah. format. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> I was just—it just, it just um, occurred to me to check, but yeah. No, that's really awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess I guess a lot of Zen stuff would have been. I mean, wh where did that? Where did the haikus come from? They're a Japanese form of yeah, it's Japanese, Japanese form of poetry. Yeah. Okay, cool. But it is it is Zen. It's not Shinto, is it? No. Um, pretty, I, anyway, I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough either. I'm only, <laughs> I'm, only I'm only delivering stuff from from Alan Watts, basically. Um, he's my Zen, like every other Westerner, like every other Westerner. Yeah. Like we think we Refilted. we think we got the 
yeah, we, we got it filtered through Alan Watts. Like people think they understand mm. Zen. They don't understand Zen in the West. You understand Alan Watts. Mm. <laughs> he's he's the complete um the complete funnel for mm. how we got any Zen knowledge in the West. He brought it to the West. I don't think I'm exaggerating about that. Anyway, point being, Kurt Cobain is writing Zen Cohen's <laughs> here. And they're, they're just as sardonic as Zen Cohen's. There's a really, really famous one of, of, in Zen. I believe it's Zen or Buddhism in general. Someone goes up to an, a, a very enlightened Buddhist or Zen Buddhist figure. He says, what is the Buddha? And the, and the guy goes, a piece of dung. And it's just like that kind of response, like that kind of witty, cutting, sarcastic response is really characteristic of Zen. Mm. Um, it's a really witty, it's a really witty religion. Mm. And it's really elusive. The meaning of it is always elusive. And then so what's another basic one they, they they go up to the they go up to the master and say how can i become enlightened and the master goes who is asking the question and you you know you're supposed to then go oh myself is an illusion kind mm, of thing mm. and you're supposed to get it whatever it takes to just get that enlightenment and now i, th- I think we'll we'll move further before we talk about what kind of enlightenment nirvana is because i think as we get through into the into the song it'll I think it'll become more clear what that, ma- that what is the manner of that enlightenment that Nirvana represents, mm. the band and the concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask you a question? Tell me. What do you think the dirty word is? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I always thought it was self-assured. <laughs> do you think there's another one involved there? Possibly. So, I don't know. I but always it's just thought, that, I just always that thought... sense of confidence. Yes. Is a dirty word, right? Yeah, uh, it's just like, oh no, you can't be self-assured. Yeah, um, you have to be apathetic. Mm. Um, you have to be unconfident. You mm. have to be uh, silent. You know, um, unsure of yourself. Uh, si- silent. What? What are the? What are everything yeah. that's the opposite of self-assured? <laughs> is what society, the pressures of society, right. have pressured teens in particular to be. She's not that. She's self-assured. Right. And, oh no, that's a you, dirty word. How do you place that um, within the context of at the time, sort of within the media at least? Um, how I think I wouldn't be remiss with suggesting that this was encapsulated by Generation X um, within yeah. the the zeitgeist. And and yeah, and I think what, what's, it. yeah, what's your impression of um, that sense, you know, the apathy connection, which, which is often how Gen X was, at least in my experience, described a lot at the time. Yeah. Um, and and do, you, do you think that that sense of it not being cool to be confident, do you think yeah. that's of the peers critique or do you think that's of yeah. the, the external critique? Um, okay, I'll on, I'll only give my t- my take, but it's an awesome question, and my take on it is this: I think that Kurt Cobain um, is how what we would characterize today as woke. I think he's really, really a political activist, mm. and so he's terribly offended by um, the apathy of of his generation because they're not politically active. Generation X was not political, and it was a it was pretty apolitical. It was very, very cynical. The character that he's portraying in the third line, I don't think is cynical. I think she's. 
I characterize her more as an activist type. If I'm totally, I'm going overboard now, but there we go. Um, I think I think for Kurt, she's an activist type. She's got strong opinions. She's strident. She's outspoken. She's self-assured. Oh no, that's a dirty word. You mustn't be that. Right. You must just be silent and apathetic. And obviously, he's being ironic there. Mm. Um, but now, what I think that we see in current day teens <laughs> or current day early twenties types is completely the opposite. They are very, very outspoken. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's it's different. Generation mm. X was not like that. Um, they were very cowed uh, mm. politically. They were just completely bamboozled by the whole thing. I remember, which, which is fantastically like, interesting because the the dichotomous nature of that is these, <clears throat> excuse me, um, these great cultural icons of that period that that you know many would say helped define what the mm. you know, culturally what Generation X was are these um, artists like Kurt Cobain mm. uh, you know bands like Pearl Jam um, mm. Rage Against the Machine I mean these yeah, are hugely outspoken hugely politically yeah. active hugely yeah. socially aware um, artists and 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 not uh, sorry I've, I've just mentioned three very masculine examples just <laughs> just to begin with um, uh, four non blondes to round it out <laughs> PJ Harvey um, yeah cool you know but th- these are those those three in particular to me um, really embody that sense of political engagement and and. Um, critique of social injustice and yeah. critique of um, authority um, and uh, speak about the societal behaviours in response to the the environment at the time within America. So that, I think those three really come to mind for me. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- these, are, these are voices who are really engaged, really outspoken, um, and have kind of gone on to, you know, be icons of, of Gen X. And I, and I find it very odd. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were, the, they were the beginning of the backlash against the apathy, right? So basically what we're talking about is mm. 80s consumerism, Reaganomics, like, mm. and Thatcherism. And so it was all about um, just being successful in business, and that was that, gives way to... A, a massive sector of youth that is completely disconnected from that and is being sold corporate entertainment. And this is perfectly relevant. This is all so relevant to the Kurt Cobain story. Yeah. Um, but it's being sold corporate entertainment and being told to be satisfied with that and shut up about politics mm. and not even just ignore it and be here. He, what was Bill Hicks's line? Here's American Gladiator. Shut up, America, and do what you're told. Do you are free to do as we tell you. Yeah. That that kind of you're free to that do kind as of Bill Hicksian. You. Yeah. You are free to do as we tell you. Yeah. So you know, Bill Hicks was part of that backlash as well. Um, yeah, basically an awakening, an awakening in the early '90s that that um, you know there there were there were these social justice causes, mm. and they needed um, they needed attention. They needed commentary. And there had been. They needed commentary and they needed, well, essentially there was an inevitable backlash and people like Kurt Cobain represented the, 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 the sort of vanguard of the backlash against it. Mm. But he didn't just represent that politically. In fact, mm. in fact, I don't think politics was even, even remotely the, the most 
significant part of what he was talking about, maybe in interviews and stuff, but but it was really a, a malaise and a nihilism that he represented. A, a mental, I would say mental health is, is probably the fundamental yeah. fundamental um, cause that he represents the, yeah. I don't know, the, the, the watchword for or the icon of. Um, but, but in any case, in the, th- the third line, I, I believe is a political line. Mm, I believe it's about okay. politics. And that's just my take. Great. It could just be socially. It could be socially that she's self-assured. You know, what does it mean for a girl to be self-assured? Now, nowadays, we've gone through girl power. Yeah, we've gone through girl power. We've gone through a, another couple of waves of feminism even. Um, we don't think it's unusual for a girl to be self-assured. But but what about through the 60s, 70s, and 80s? Was that normal? Was that Or was that scandalous? Yeah, I think there's um, there's different takes on that as well, depending on yeah. which demographic you speak to. Yeah, mm. I, I think so. I think it that, could just be socially. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 I, I think that concept has has been um, reviewed, challenged, retested. Um, you know, many times over in in the in the decades. In, in particular, since. Um, well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? But uh, l- let's say in our modern age, um, since World War Two. Um, when women uh, were needed to jump into primary industries and and uh, labor jobs, and um, then you know those gender roles, those traditional gender roles switched pretty dramatically again when uh, when all the the troops came home, mm. um, and then women were essentially relegated <laughs> again to the kitchen um, and child rearing. Yeah. Um, after experiencing, you know, uh, quite a bit of time of uh, financial freedom, um, independence, you know, autonomy, and um, being lent on for, you know, crucial labor for the war mm. effort and things, uh, and then to be thrown back in to the home, essentially, um, by law, by banks, you know, um, by culture, and then um, along comes uh, the contraceptive pill, in the late sixties, I mean, since then, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, that's those are the kind of things that I think of when we talk about yeah. the the role of of confident women. Yeah, well, you've nailed it, and you know, so it could just be that too. Mm. It could just be a social thing. I mean, you know, that's politics as well, but mm. it's not necessarily social activism politics. It's more like the the broad gender journey politics. Broad, nice. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice. I love that. Um, okay, well, you 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 pre, you prefaced it about seventeen hours ago. Let's look at the um, pre-chorus. <laughs> um, and the only reason I did is because I think I think these lyrics um, speak really to the emotional landscape for the the yeah. first verse, you know. Um, and totally. so let's let's hear it through. Um, shall we? Shall we? Uh, let's shall just we go to the pre-chorus. just the pre-chorus. All right, let's do that. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, hard to yeah. find a place to to <laughs> <Yeah>. kill it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can run it back a couple of seconds when we get into it again. That's but, all good. Yeah. That's all good. Um, it's it's worth just. It's worth just looking at this. Yeah. 
what um what what do you get from this well i mean number one is the repetition you know yeah um just repetition the, just the sheer repetition of the of the one word um and then you know again we get a, a nice little example of um cobain's love of ambiguity with yeah the similar phonetics of hello and how low good i'm glad you read it um yeah yeah it, yeah. You know, because somebody might be out there just saying, what did he just, he kind of droned on. I didn't hear what he said, but it, he basically says, hello, 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 how low mm. at four times. Yeah. Cool, cool. Now, what do you, when, okay. Okay. So where does that sit for you? Either the words or the meaning or where, where does it sit? Oh, well, the, the repetition um, for a start, I mean, it, it just creates. Uh-huh. It's like a like a mantra, but it's like a mantra. I of- knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's a mantra. It's a mantra of crap. <laughs> it's a, as well. okay. Mantra of crap. Why did you yeah. say mantra? Well, of crap? because you know, it's it's it is a ma- first and foremost, it is a mantra. Anyway, just yeah of of itself. But then it it's, and why why is it a mantra? Well, just the the sheer repetition. Um, create can you know the concept of a mantra is creating a a, a trance state or, or you know reducing mm. reducing the brain to abstractify nice. what's actually being said nice um, into a, a rhythm to change the um, to change hopefully change brain waves essentially yes <clears throat> nice um, but then also it's the delivery is you know mantras are normally done with uh, spiritual intent, <laughs> or uh-huh. or even like a, a regulating, a, a, like an emotional or a nervous system regulating intent. Yeah. Whereas this is like it's so sarcastic, and yeah, you know, huh? to me it's like that idea of hello, anyone there? Like, are yeah, you, nice. are you brain like dead? You know. Um, uh huh. And then the idea- McFly. McFly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, hello. Hello. Uh, and then you know the, the suggestion is you, the the lights are on and no one's home. Um, but then how? Nice. how oh, dude, low? I'm so glad you said that. How low? How you know? low? Okay, good. How good. low? How depressed can you be? Yes, nice. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yeah. That's perfect. That's what hits perfect, me. Perfect, man. You covered. You covered so much ground. You covered so much ground, and exactly the, exactly what I was going to say. So this is not a coincidence, right? Mm. The fir- one of the first things you said is it's a mantra. Mm. Which religion is mantra? Our mantra from, you know, these are from Hinduism and Buddhism. So so and and the way he says it is a drone. He says mm. it as a drone. Hello, hello, hello. It's a droning vocal tone that he takes on. And and you know what. On its on its face, what is hello? Okay, so you you picked up on a couple of meanings of hello. Yeah, it can be it can be his sardonic um, nature that he's picking up on. Hello, um, <laughs> you know, hello, anyone home? But but man, um, hello is also just a greeting. Like mm. it can be just a friendly greeting, mm. right? It's one of our most iconic friendly greetings. Yes. So so that's iron ironic too. But yes. also hello hello hello. Um, for me, there's an echo quality to it that these are sort of parts of the consciousness 
greeting each other <laughs> in terms of the discombobulated identities yeah, greeting each other voices in the sense of the first who, is, who, is ask, who asks the question? Mm. How can I become enlightenment? Who is asking? Great. It's like, hello, hello, hello. There's, a, there's an Alan Watts phrase where he says, um, he, he likes to do these kind of Zen, Zen Cohen type discussions. And then he says, basically, um, you can turn around, you can turn your head and look behind you but you can never turn your eyes and perceive who is looking. Mm. And so, um, you, you know, there's, there's this, there's this echoic, echolaic, echolaic quality of the hello, like parts of the consciousness greeting each other. How low? I agree. How low can you be, the depression? But also mm. how, deep, how deep does the self go? Oh, how many layers of nice. the onion do you have to peel away to find the self? And what do you find there? In Zen philosophy you find nothing there is no self yeah and perceiving that there is no self and relinquishing oneself from the wheel of dharma and and samsara is the way to enlightenment uh, it's the way to nirvana sorry which is which is akin to which is akin to enlightenment it's a nothingness nirvana nirvana is a nothingness it's an extinguishing mm. of a flame it's not enlightenment in the sense of like a maybe a flame going on and light coming to the darkness. It's a lightening. It, it's it's an extinguishing of a flame. Oh, you nailed it! So it's a different it's, kind. Of, it's a it's a lightening as opposed to a light, yes a lighting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Now, what was I going to say as well? Because okay, okay, okay. So here's one that where I'm going to go <laughs> overboard again. But when I hear the drone. Of it and the way you the way the, the the classic example of when you when you repeat a word over and over it ceases to mean anything mm. that's part of that's part of, of doing a mantra is that yeah. you you go beyond the meaning of it and and so anything could be a mantra mm. as far as Zen is concerned you could you could get enlightenment from a postage stamp they say um, you don't need a you don't need a, a Bible or whatever you don't need any scriptures um, you can get enlightenment just by repeating the same word over and over until you lose consciousness. Um, but when you break down the syllables as well, and this is just me, this is not, this is, I know I'm going overboard here, <laughs> but hello, oh hell, oh hell, how low, hell, hell, oh hell, oh hell, oh hell, there's a, there's something there for me. What I'm a, sure unintentional. What, what no? What I? What about? Um, I got two things to say to that. Um, the go, first, go the first it. one is in following that um, theory. Howl, oh, howl, like howl, howl, like a, oh, yes, right? nice, hell, howl. oh, howl, oh. Um, that's the howl. first one. This, and then the second nice. one I want to say is, um, did I? Uh, there's something maybe it's just a a, a wives' tale, a, a, a misled meme. But um, I was the concept of hello. Um, the word hello is is that not from or popularized by a advertisement of Ooh, the twentieth century. That 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 what what's the what's the etymology of hello? I'll look it up. I <laughs> thought it was from. I thought it was from like some Scandinavian language. I'm gonna look it up. And yeah, it was, I mean, it's pretty. 
Hello, hello. Yeah, it's very ubiquitous in the in the Germanic and um, the sort of Nordic languages. But I okay, feel I out. feel like I've read some kind of story that might be <laughs> crap about uh, hell. Hello, being uh, created by an advertising company from America, perhaps. Hmm. I have never heard that one, and I'm. I'm not saying I've just never heard that one to do with te- um, like telephone usage, or, you know. Well, okay. Look, when when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, um, his suggestion for how to greet people was "ahoy, hoy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, yeah. which is what um, which is what Mr. Burns. I can't remember yeah. yes. the Simpsons again. Yes. Mr. Burns when he learns to use the telephone, he yes. goes "ahoy, hoy." Yes. So that's the original one. Um, I'm I'm looking it up here, and I don't see it. Uh, I don't see any mm. version of it from an advertising okay, thing. Maybe, We've got, uh, it's an yeah, alteration maybe, um, of hello. Itself an alteration of hala, <laughs> a shout to attract attention, which seems to go back to at least late 14th century. Wow, okay. Um, Oxford English Dictionary cites Old High German hala, hola, right. emphatic imperative of holan, holon, to fetch. That's interesting. Used especially in hailing a ferryman. Ooh, <laughs> we're overboard. We're overboard there, aren't we? On the river sticks. <laughs> yes, on the river sticks. I was waiting. How for low? It. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to our listeners. How, how low uh, is the tide? I always tide? go overboard. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Love it. Um. So no, the, I, the, I haven't on heard the that creek one. Creek sticks. <laughs> nice. Oh, the the S Creek. Yes. Yeah. We need a paddle. Where, where is our paddle? Uh, okay, um, cool. Well, sorry for that um, slight detour no, down no, the wrong channel. I mean, channel. look, it's, wor- it's worth looking into. I mean, look, he says the he says the word, um, you know, whatever, twelve times. Yeah. Um, it's it's there's a reason for it. So uh, yeah. I just think, but I think the mantra thing is is the most powerful part of, yeah, of that. Yeah, definitely. And the sardonic layers to it. Yeah. The sardonic layers of, of this friendly greeting. Yeah, done um, in this awful delivery. Oh God! Yes, exactly. Uh, it that, is dark, yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's very what, dark. What, what, tell me when you when you first heard this music, um, what was oh your gosh. mind state around it? Uh, well, I tell you what, it was nothingness. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the first time I heard the first time I I heard it, I think it was with the video. I think I I mm. saw it and uh, I stopped dead. And um, I where were you? I. Th- think oh gee i think uh when was it released gosh look at me 92 92 i th- 91 91 <gasps> yeah wow september it's- 10th 1991 <laughs> whoa this is this is crazy this is actually timely wow um i i believe my memory is I was in my living room uh, in my parents' house in Canberra where I, I, I grew up uh, my younger days and I think I was sitting on the cork floor, the cork board floor, uh, watching the television and uh, I just remember my jaw being open and my eyes being wide and mm. just just being gobsmacked by the entire yeah. experience. Yeah. Why did it? Why did it hit you so hard? I the whole package. Um, I I felt like I understood. I felt like I I could 
get at least uh, uh, to some degree the the characters, the the kind of people being discussed. Um, but I, it wasn't something I felt aligned with necessarily, but I understood it. But there was an energy to it that um, was kind of unlike anything else that I'd listened to. Maybe, maybe Faith No More a little bit mm. prior to this was kind nice. of close. Um, mm. uh, in the there was a you know ferocity, um, and but very different in in nature. But yeah, the, the, this this was definitely unique. And uh, I mean, I'd heard Nirvana before this, but but there was something about this that just, I mean, the the perfection of the pop, you know, it's a pop song. Mm. You know, at, at, in its essence, and the perfection of it, it was just captivating. Um, but yeah, this this real sense of um, doom. I mean, yeah, I, it just stopped me dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom is great. Is a great word for it. I mean, this is dark stuff, right? I mean, dark dark bands had had hits like The Cure or whatever, or Nine Inch Nails. Incredibly, Nine Inch Nails, um, just in, incredibly dark. But but this but they didn't no no the Nine Inch Nails in particular didn't have as great a pop aesthetic as this no it wasn't tr- wasn't ha- trying su- to be no know, yeah whereas this is abrasive but it's very listenable and th- but then when you when you delve just a tiny bit into it and you you hear these dissonant tones and chords and drones and it's just mm. like ooh this is dark mm. um and I think that that. Mm, that yeah. th- it just just back to the name Nirvana for a second. Like the, the the what kind of enlightenment Nirvana is? It really is the extinguishing of a flame. So, mm. um, or at least the literal translation of it. So a lamp a lamp being blown out is Nirvana. Um, so interesting that we ally that with the mm. word enlightenment. Right? Mm. It's not enlightenment. It's the loss of consciousness mm. uh, as a result of of um yeah contemplation or or enlightenment it's the loss of consciousness i'm just looking here and i don't i don't like to grab other people's interpretations but i love this one the hello um someone's saying that the the way he pronounced it is very similar to hollow which is nice too yeah and um, i think that's apt yeah that kind of joins hello and how low phonetically Hello, yeah. hello. I I like that because it speaks yeah. to a similar That's, emptiness. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Sure. Anywho. just gonna kill it there yeah um wowzer yeah wowzer so with with the lights out it's less dangerous Mm. here we are now entertain us um yeah i mean totally totally supporting the the concepts we've just been discussing yes and okay so uh, what's the opposite of uh, I was about to say uncanny. It's uncanny, right? But it could be canny. It could how be canny. canny. How canny is Kurt being at this moment, given the name of the band? Like, it's such an odd 
word to choose for your band name um a fundamental precept of buddhism and to call your band that uh yeah i mean it's an amazing band name it's awesome well, but it's also one of the greatest what's of the, all time what's the um what's the sort of less educated uh western translation of the word you know i mean what what else would nirvana you, yeah what else would you relate it bliss to? bliss people talk about bliss perfection uh, maybe heaven yeah maybe maybe perfection yeah uh still enlightenment and things like that but i still think that those are misconceptions yes yes i think yes, that sure. I, I think that they're not yeah so 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 uh, when you're when you're going with that angle are you asking whether whether kurt is steeped in the western definition of it or the western perception of it or the or the sort of slightly more authentic and in my opinion much darker version of it well i, I like, think i think possibly there's a, a, any every chance that he could be playing on that knowledge mm, that that nice. um there is a, a sort of miss um uh, a misunderstood concept, a, mis a, a mistranslation of the word within sort of American yeah. Western culture of, of the, the sort of common usage of it within American language mm. um, as opposed to the, the truer, deeper, darker origins. Um, and, and perhaps that, you know, he maybe would have chosen to use it with that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, you know, oh. some people will will read it as perfection bliss mm. um and yet you know if 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 i if i think of the word perfect i mean the way that nirvana performed played their music you know it was as imperfect imperfectly perfectly imperfect as possible <laughs> um yeah that punk know. ethos right yeah that chaotic yes. chaotic shambolic yeah but but perfectly executed Yes, wonderfully way. executed. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's a good because it leads us back into the entertainment aspect, right? Mm. So, so back back to the words like they were an entertaining band, no question mm. about it. So, with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Okay, what are we, what are yeah, we talking what, about here? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, great because it makes you go what, and that's mm. what a Zen Cohen should do. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, with lights out, the lamp has blown out. That's Nirvana, um, and and because it's the lights out, and all we have is our Western perception of the lights being out. The lights are out, and nobody. The lights are on, and no one's home. <laughs> well, the lights <laughs> out. The lights are aren't even on, and no one's home. So the lights out. It we're in the dark. It's less dangerous. So. Well, what's what's less dangerous? Is it you know? Yeah. Is it life? Is it uh, life? Yeah, yeah. At all, I think so. <laughs> yes, if you if you switch the lights out of intellect of reason, and exist in a state of um, of non thinking, non consciousness, yeah, life is far less dangerous. Mm, right. Ignorance, ignorance well, being it, bliss. It, it's actually not any less dangerous, but we don't perceive it to be as dangerous, perhaps. <laughs> Okay, great, great. So, so sardonic, right? The yeah. sardonic line. Yeah. Um. He's 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 doing. There there are dual layers to this because I think, um, mm. he's referring to the lack of consciousness in society in general and mm. lack of awareness and apathy, 
but at the same time nihilism is a is a is a form of it, i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm just gonna dive in here i think that nihilism in the west is the best we can do uh when we encounter concepts like nirvana mm, wow we don't we don't have the capacity to comprehend we don't have the apparatus to comprehend nirvana without falling into nihilism that's my hot take <laughs> wow. of the day holy uh, that's my opinion about it i don't think we're i don't think we're equipped for it Within we're not equipped western for western culture yes i believe right. western sure, culture sure, and i'm sure. sorry i just think i think we're in an inextricable product of our culture that's my opinion mm. i think we've encountered in the concept of nirvana and zen and things like that a concept that we are not equipped to deal with without falling into nihilism and 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 what do you what do you think Sorry, what what do you think um, defines the difference? Like, wh why why is it? Why is it so? I don't know, and that big that's well, okay. And I can only speak from my perspective. I think uh, my hotter take on it is that I think that's what it leads to, anyway. But but there is a social apparatus in the countries where it was. Um, broadly existing that basically people knew well you can't go too far into this it will fucking destroy ourselves oh. so they so they they hold it up as a concept that they kind of know well you don't go too far into it we need to have a society we, we can't have everybody just dropping out we'll have those monks over there they'll do that stuff we'll we'll put food in their bowl <laughs> but we'll get on with it and we'll get on with life <laughs> but so, but if you go in yeah go ahead no 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 get what we we're about to say well, it is apathy. Like you can't, you, the whole concept of trying to escape from oh, the no, wheel of frozen. samsara. I couldn't I've think of a... Hang on, oh, sorry, pause, mate. pause. Had, had I frozen? I, my internet was out, like okay. my light was Sweet. off. So... Okay. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> They're trying to get us. Yeah. Um, but the entire... Okay, so I'll just, I'll just try and reset... Um, the entire concept of trying to escape from the wheel of samsara, which is the goal of the of the enlightened one, is to cease to accrue karma to oneself. And so it's not just that positive actions lead to mm. better karma mm. and that's your goal in life. No, you want to accrue no karma. You shrug it off. So you shrug it off and otherwise you're going to reincarnate um, because you have karma it could be good karma it could be bad karma obviously out of those two it's better to accrue good karma and have a better reincarnation but um the goal of the buddha is is to attain enlightenment that means to um to de uh what's the word to to slough off all attachments and all karma in mm. life now i know i'm getting this stuff wrong um to strict uh, scriptural under you know people sure. who are expert in the in the sure. strict buddhist sense but this is my take on it so sure. um you know have at it in the comments guys um <laughs> but but that is not something that uh, okay and and just I even the concept of circular time right so the the wheel of time goes around in a circle things repeat you will reincarnate you will keep on the wheel of samsara going round and round because that's your dharma and until you and again obviously it's preferable to have a better reincarnation but that's not the end goal the end goal is nirvana meaning nothingness mm. we in the west do not believe that we believe in linear time 
We believe in the concept that time is moving forward. There is a historical line. We believe that. Now, now someone encountering the West from the outside could, could say that our concept of linear time is just as destructive to their concept of circular time as in reverse. And I believe that in reverse, it, it's very destructive to us. Mm. We cannot, we cannot conceive of reality as circular, uh, as circular time. We cannot do it. It leads to incredibly destructive results for us, I believe. And what, do you think that's, uh, you, well, I, I have a couple of questions. Maybe there's a few different ways Go to frame it. it. But um, I, I, do you think that there's a, a Western equivalency of this kind of concept? What would it be? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, we have um, reinc- we have the concept of reincarnation, you know, within we, um, the Abrahamic uh, religions we, at least. It, ha- it happened once. That's what we decided. <laughs> it doesn't happen on earth again to anyone else. It happened once. Is... is- is in coming, Christianity, does coming back to life count? Like, does a Lazarus count? It's it, okay, twice. <laughs> no, and and on the third day, when yeah, not, yeah, not just not just when Jesus was up and about, um, gallivanting around, um, uh huh, but uh, wow, my Siri just triggered, and it's like <laughs> documenting everything I say in German. Oh, they're on to us. What? I didn't get hilarious. What? Um, oh my god! <laughs> Leave that in. That's hilarious. Bist du krank, Computer? Oh my god! What? <laughs> wasn't wasn't when? Uh, I'm not sure if it's in all the gospels, but uh, I thought when Jesus was up and about that um, all a whole everyone from all the graves got up and was wandering about. I thought no, people that's were the final dead. judgment. That, well, I thought, I, I thought okay. something happened at, at that time. I don't believe so. I don't okay. know for sure. I don't know what. Okay. I don't know. It's very possible. I don't know about something. But as far as I'm aware, in the in the in the Catholic Catechism, he 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 um he conquers death by going down into hell. He rescues some of the. He rescues a bunch of the original people from the Bible, heads back up to heaven, smashes the f out of hell, and then you know conquers death in that way. Ooh, and then I don't remember that and then bit. right you know. Rises back to that. That's the, that's the Catholic tradition, um, de- described in a illusory fashion. In my favorite thing to reference on this show, which is the Divine Comedy. Um, anyway, po- point being, here's here's where I'm at with it. To answer your question, you asked: Is resurrection possible um, in the Judeo-Christian or Abrahamic tradition? Mm. Yes, under very very limited circumstances, it isn't. It isn't the. It isn't the natural course of events. Yeah, right. Yeah. But in Buddhism, it is the natural course of events. Every single animal, every single being, is a reincarnated one. If you and 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 the 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 hierarchy of beings goes all the way down to like terrible tortured demons and mm. hungry ones and mm. stuff like that, mm. all the way up to the highest bliss mm. of 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 heaven. Um, and everything in between, animals, mm. people mm. of different castes, um, which Buddha wasn't a fan of castes, by the way, but but in, they exist in, in Hindu society. I don't know about inanimate objects. You could be right. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm Is pretty true? sure. Okay, sweet. Um, point being, there's an entire car, uh, entire um, hierarchy of these beings, 
And when you die, you're reincarnated as another one of them. Mm. That's the normal course of events, and it's circular. And it leads to, in my opinion, as a Westerner, and I'm give, and I know I'm being chauvinistic, and and um, what's the word? I'm not being. What's the word? I'm I'm not I'm 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 not being open-minded. That's the only word I can say to it <laughs> because I'm a Westerner. It doesn't lead to the possibility of of a linear progression of of history. It leads mm. to a a perception that nothing's going to change. Everything is locked in. The only way you can change anything fundamentally is to escape it. Escape reality into nirvana. That's the only goal, really, ultimately. So I don't think we're equipped to deal with this at all. That's the best I can say about it. Westerners are not equipped to deal with it. We, we can't even conceive of a time before linear time for mm. us. We can't conceive of it. We don't know what that's like to, to perceive that. A lot of the problems that we've had of culture clash in the world in history is our conception of time, which is completely, we're completely inculcated into mm. clashing with other people's perception of time. Anyway, <laughs> so that's why, that's why I think, I think that, you know, uh, Kurt Cobain, whatever his, whatever his intention here whether he's being sardonic about the western perception of of what nirvana means or whether he's actually adopting some some actual quite deep understanding of what nirvana actually means i think he's representing in his lyrics and his life and his philosophy the impact of a linear time culture of the west <laughs> failing to be able to inculcate the circular time <laughs> philosophy of the east that's what I believe is wow. happening here. And wow. that's why one of the fundamental reasons why I think he's such a troubled soul mm. and why so many others are as well. Mm. Wow. Because fundamentally we have been impacted by a philosophy that, uh, look, it functions perfectly well in the, in the places where it's, where it's from and, and in many other places. But I believe that's because they don't adopt it wholesale and they have this fundamental ability to perceive time as circular we do not. We don't have the ability to do that. And and when we adopt it in the way that we do, to any degree, it leads to pretty bad results, in my opinion. I mean, the the concept of, um, well, not the concept, but the amount of time and energy and focus placed on the self within Western culture, contemporary Western culture, I mean, ego ego as a celebration you know from the skyhooks australian band ego is not a dirty word um <laughs> from the 70s but i mean i i think you would probably agree with me that there's an inordinate uh, amount of attention placed on or there has been placed on the self the the yeah. ego identity within uh, you know the praise for ego yeah um i do agree or the the, the I, capitalist support because if if the self is if the self is so important then the self deserves a treat and the treat is paid for <laughs> with money and bought from yeah. somewhere else so yes um, you know it's a definitely an advertising tactic for sure but um, prior to you know mass commercialism and advertising I yeah. mean what what's what's the role of the self within, um, you know, Western culture. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Nietzsche. Now, uh, I was I I was trying to tie Jung into it 
<clears throat> you know, earlier on, but I haven't quite got around to it. But I'm feeling Nietzsche big time now with, you know, the sort of the sense of, of the, the self-identity and the ego, um, which, I mean, some of his ideas, even though on the face of it, they seem to be direct opposite of um, Zen. Um, yeah. But actually in a strange way, kind of yeah. sympathetic, but in a different from a different perspective um now that i'm i'm on that tip but um <laughs> i th- i feel like i feel like this is a fascinating uh you know investigation of the the role of ego in in the west and the you know the discussion of escaping the ego in the east um and how yeah. those two clash. I, I think that's really fascinating that you've 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 really um, drawn a, drawn this conversation that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I want to preface this by just saying, like, of all the threats to the West and humanity and everything like that, this doesn't constitute like even in the top fifty. Um, it's just an interesting <laughs> phenomenon, you know. And so, and so, the one that you rightly say of like um, unfettered greed and capitalism and everything like that—that's way higher in in terms of what it causes in terms of malaise to yeah. every generation currently. I, and, and, and so, I'm just prefacing that by saying I don't think it's 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 not really one of the worst things in the world. It's just interesting. Um, no, now, but, but if there is a answer, fundamental, if there is a fundamental difference, and when I say fundamental, mm. I really mean found foundation. You know, if there is a fundamental yeah. difference in, in the cultural paradigm, in in the evolution of of thought, and I mean that's going to have an effect on brains, you know, genetics, yeah. uh, ep, you know, epigenetics. Um, if yeah, if if there is a, this this huge uh, rift rift between um, you know concepts of of self and concepts of time and the place of the self within time and and if there is this um uh lack of ability to to perceive um of of these differences of time like you know if 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 we can't marry these concepts um if we can't hold multiple paradigms at the same time just for thought experiment sake even if that is a real issue then at a fundamental level, yes, I do think that that is likely to create clashes that are threatening, um, and and I think I I think I don't think you should diminish it as much. Um, yeah, I, I think it I, speaks you know, for me, to those things. Sure, sure, but I I just think that the fact that you jumped immediately to the the ego the 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 what's the word the far too greater emphasis placed on the ego of the of whatever we might call it late stage capitalism mm. is like immediately you said that i was like yeah that's like much more important mm. in the west that's much more Im- crucial to what's going on and the reason i say that and and you know we're going to get into we're going <laughs> to inevitably get into spiritual territory here but okay so you asked one of your original questions back when we started this little spiel here is what is the self in the West, okay? Mm. And why does it fundamentally um, diverge from that perception of the East, right? Mm. The perception of the self in the West is driven by Judeo-Christian values, whether we know it or not, whether we perceive it consciously or not, whether we're believers or not, it's built up from that. It's built up from the, the, 
the fundamental precepts in Genesis, which basically say, you know, God created. God created man and woman. God created every every human and their equal kind of thing. And they have a soul, right? They have a soul. They have indiv- they have an eternal soul, which which carries on after you die, not on earth, <laughs> somewhere else that we're not quite sure about. But the point is each individual has a soul and one life and each individual is 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 worthy and sacred and that is a and and has and has the breath of god in them you're now, special. I, I can see you laughing you're, you're special you're, special. you're yeah, a special you're unique special. snowflake exactly yeah. right you're a special and unique snowflake right that is you know and that's sardonic line and rightly sardonic because because only within the christian paradigm does that make a sense of things because in the Christian and Judeo-Christian, whatever you want to say, paradigm, you're in a hierarchy where you are subordinate to the divine. You are subordinate to the divine. You have divine aspects, but you are subordinate to the divine. You're not above um you're not above the divine, mm. basically. Mm. And so as soon as you remove that hierarchical perception that you are subordinate to the divine and that you need to act in that manner, you are left with a a creature who is supremely selfish and and self-absorbed and and largely we could characterize that by a lot of modern western people they believe that their identity is um something sort of self-generated and that they can um that that it is that everything else is subordinate to their identity mm. And there is no divine. There is no divine authority. There is nothing to answer to. There's nothing after death. All of these things that we have done, and I love that you mentioned Nietzsche, all Mm. of these things that we have done by declaring that God is dead Mm. and we killed him, which was Nietzsche's line, right? God is dead and we killed him. We're living in, we are living in the West in a world that has killed God. Or, or done a bloody good job trying, let's say, and by killing God, by killing God, we mean that they've killed the the perception that God matters or that God is someone to be um, to be subordinate to. Mm. Now, within that context, within that context of where we find ourselves in the late twentieth, early twenty first century, if someone comes along and says, um, "There is no self," if you peel back the layers of the onion, you find nothing. You should be aiming for nothingness. That's your enlightened state. That's actually a very appealing notion it, compared to there's no God. You exist to satisfy your baser instincts. You're an animal. Um, you're a clump of cells. All of these things that we've decided since we killed God are true. Um, so, so the appeal of the Zen nirvana samsaric type perception of circular time and whatnot is... I I get it. I get it. In a world that's killed God, go to a philosophy that never had a God. Instead, it's better it's better than just existing as a as a as a consumer in in late stage capitalism. Far better. <laughs> but but we're not equipped for it. Yeah. We're not equipped for it. And you, you and are so special not you are special not because you're unique, but because you are already part of the divine. Exactly, exactly. You are you are special because you were created by God, and your life is sacred, and it's a gift from God. It's not something to be squandered. 
It's and and it's not something you, and and you're accountable. <laughs> you're bloody accountable. You will pay for everything that you've done. Everything that w- you've done will be accountable. And you repent for the wrong things and blah 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 blah. Okay, so I'm getting very very um, deliberately. Uh, you know, I'm getting very very into the weeds religiously right now. Mm. However, so did Kurt. Okay, mm. he called his band Nirvana. Mm. <laughs> so 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 I'm not. It's not out of turn. It's not out of turn. This is where we find ourselves. I love that you mentioned Nietzsche because that is exactly where we find ourselves on the human journey. We're mm. very, very late on. We're, we're so far past the wake of, of God's funeral in the West um, that he declared way back in the 1800s and, and predicted all of the totalitarian regimes that we were going to mm. fall into as mm. a result of atheism, basically. He predicted the horrors of the 20th century we come through those horrors. We create a, a sort of mundane suburban existence that we described all through um, subterranean homesick <laughs> blues. And then into that comes Generation X. So we talked about, you know, Bob Dylan last time, one of the boomers. Now we've got Generation X coming into it. They're so lost. They're lost souls. Kurt Cobain is a lost soul. Mm. And, and and when he's given a microphone, he's desperate to want to speak to the world, speak to his generation, have attention. The way he courts the press, the way he, um, get, you know, gets attention for himself and his band, but hates the attention and blah, 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 blah. And what does he say with the attention? What is it, What are the lyrics that he speaks? They're nonsense. Deliberate nonsense. Deliberate, dark, nihilistic nonsense. That's what he wants to say. And and it's a very very interesting moment of history, and and so, yeah, that's that's where it is. So so with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Your your journey through life as a as a, a clump of cells um, that has no soul and is a, is doesn't even believe in the self is it, it, that's far less dangerous than than accountability to God and and believing that you. Um, that's far less dangerous than either accountability to God and believing that you you take a special place in the hierarchy of the divine and you have a mission on earth to to operate in linear time and make things better uh, because because it's possible to make mm. things better you're not stuck on a wheel of samsara you can make things better um and it's also far less dangerous than <laughs> than surrendering to you know the wheels have fallen off for our spiritual journey in the west if we believe that if we if we believe that god is dead it's far less dangerous just p- p- turn the lights out fuck it just turn the lights out <laughs> it's also uh, i think um you know i think there's a great uh, irony within that i mean the, the way that your ex- that that um interpretation is self-contained but I, I think perhaps the traditional idea would be that uh it's you know if there's danger you turn the lights on true you know exactly. you don't want to you don't want to be in the dark the dark's scary you know yeah. you want the, the lights is- uh and so there's yeah. a great juxtaposition there i think between the sort of once again the expected of well if yeah. it's, if there's danger you you shine a light um, you turn yeah. the lights on, and so there's yeah. great juxtaposition between that and and um, the, well, those those two lines where the lights out is less dangerous. It's the opposite of yeah. what you expect, but then also between exactly. that concept and what you just detailed as well. Yeah, um, I'm so you- glad you brought it back to that because that's that's probably what we should have said first. And it's just a perfect. <laughs> it's just so perfect, exactly what you said, because it's just classic, 
Zen Cohenism of 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 Kurt's writing, right? Mm. Um, yeah, he's giving you the unexpected because mm. it's the opposite. The opposite is true. When you've got mm. danger, you turn the lights on, mm. and this is the opposite. Um, we we want enlightenment. Should we should we blow out the oil lamp? The Zen Buddhists say yes. That's what you should do. You should blow it out. Not even try and get more light. You want more darkness. Mm. Okay. Well, look, I mean, look, I mean, you know, look, yeah, people, if if anyone ever listens to this, they'll just be like, wow, this is ridiculous. These guys just going bananas. But I think that line is one of the most profound lines of all modern music. Wow. That's a big call. And And when I say profound, I mean, it goes down into the depths of the, of the, um, absolute darkness at the heart of the of modern societal journey that we're on so you know i just think it's worth talking about it for 15 minutes or whatever we did yeah yeah um yeah um do you, do you think there's also i mean that's that's the uh very heavy spiritual reading um do, mm. do you think there's other readings of of this chorus you know like um is there a surface is there a surface meaning here or do you think it's just no this is what it is it's this deep i know i i i definitely think there's surface meaning and until until the last couple of years i would have just gone with the surface reading of just like well what you said i think it's just an interesting juxtaposition like um you imagine i i always imagined a party and right. uh and everyone hanging out at the party and then somebody switches the lights out and it just goes absolutely bloody bonkers and someone's like hey with the lights out it's less dangerous like you know um like a joke basically just like a joke of like of course it's not less dangerous it's fucking thousands of times more dangerous <laughs> or or do you think do you think it's that um like the thing of shyness like a teenage uh anxiety or fear like a shyness and and you know not wanting to be seen not wanting the spotlight nice. attention on you um and, and wanting to be um just in the crowd do you know what i've never thought of that and as soon as you said it, i'm like yeah that makes perfect sense that makes mm. absolutely perfect sense like someone trying to disappear in the mm. in the not be in the spotlight yeah mm. that's perfect that is perfect. That's then, perfect with the next line too. Yeah, and then there's like audience yeah. versus the band, yeah. or yeah, you know, which 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 role, which perspective are we taking on now? Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, I've never thought of that. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah, and it works perfectly with the next line. Here we are now. Entertain us. It's like yeah, we don't want to be in the light. Shove mm. someone else in the light, mm. um, and we'll stay in the darkness. And mm. yeah, perfect. Yeah, I also get a sense of, um, I mean, in almost the entire existence of the band as an entity and and Kurt mm. Cobain as a celebrity, um, there's always this overarching sense of imposter syndrome as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you 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 probably said it better earlier when you said there's um, more more dichotomy. It just keeps happening, but. This idea of um, him being a performer and an artist, but also re- reeling from attention, um, mm. and in in I mean, you I th- I did correct me if I'm wrong, but did you say sort of goading the press or? I said uh, courting. Courting the press, right? But goading is perfect as no, well. Goading no, is exactly but, what he did. But I but I don't know that he did actually in in the 
when I think about um, some of the things that I've seen, he's I feel like I don't feel like he's goading them or, or courting. I I misheard you. Um, I think actually he's just very reluctant to have to be doing press engagements and and doing publicity um, more than anything. I, I don't I don't feel like there's a specific maliciousness to it. Um, yeah, I you know I I love Kurt, so I'm not gonna. I don't want this to come across um, disrespectful. Um, but I think I think that's an act. I really right. don't. I really think that he, and I think that I, the reason I'm able to say this is because I felt it in the past when I was trying to, I don't know, um, maybe have some sort of career and and it needs the press and things like that in a very very limited capacity that I did it. It's like you you worked very very hard to get press attention and then you affect insouciance. Mm when you get it <laughs> mm. like oh and you know I'm, I'm being very very disrespectful here i know but i don't <gasps> buy it right i don't buy it i right. don't buy it i think he's i think he thinks it's the good image to have because he's the alternative rock guy he's disrespectful to the corporate scene and things like that and yeah sure he, he does doesn't does like journalists i hate journalists too so great um but um, he want. I know. I just from interviews and reading histories of the band and stuff like that. I know he was kind of desperate for the press attention. Um, mm. Not later on. Not later on. Later yeah, on, it was yeah, a much right, more antagonistic right, relationship, right. especially after a Vanity Fair article that um, yeah. that ex, you know that that put out salacious rumors about him and Courtney and yeah. ended up them getting their child taken away from the stuff like that. After that, the the gloves were off. He hated the press, yeah. and uh, you know, rightly so. Yeah. We should all hate the press. Um, I wonder. I feel stupid and contagious. Well, if you had imposter syndrome and you mm-hmm. were up on a stage in the lights and the crowd was down there in the dark and they were chanting at you to entertain them um, and you were lacking in self-concept, if you weren't, as self-assured, um, <laughs> perhaps you would feel stupid. Yeah. Um, and clearly if you had, you know, 200, 500, 1,000 people chanting at you to entertain them, that's catching on. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, on, on a very literal, potentially autobiographical level. Um, yeah, I mean, I that I can read that uh, in that way, and that feels true yeah. to me. I th- I think you've nailed it. And um, what do you get from "I feel stupid"? Like you're not stupid, but you feel like you you, you there's a self perception or 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 an emotion that is feeling stupid. Yeah. Well, I I think uh, if if I didn't. If I didn't believe that I deserved or wanted adulation, um, if I if I was if my if my art my music was a means of me uh, expressing my my discontent, not malcontent, my discontent, um, my lack of confidence. If it was a way of me exploring that internal life, then I would feel very exposed if people were suddenly you know, shouting my song lyrics back at me. Mm. Um, 
I, it would, it would, especially if it happened quickly over, you know, the course of a couple of years, which it, you know, it was very, very fast. I think for this group in particular, um, if I but didn't was feel it by this point, was it? I mean, I teen spirit it was, was explosive. The, this is the explosion. I mean, you know, they yeah. had they. It wasn't like there was no build up, <laughs> but. Um, but it was exponential. Like it oh, wasn't dramatic. Yeah, very dramatic. Like like bleach. No one bought. I mean, you said you heard of, of Nirvana before this single, which is amazing to me. Well, in in, um, in utero was around. You know. No, no, no. I mean, in utero is after, but bleach was around, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yes, I meant bleach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bleach was a bleach was around, but it wasn't in on my radar. It right. wasn't. Yeah, and I don't think it was virtually on anyone's radar. You know, mm. you're in a you're in an elite you're in an elite uh, category if you if you heard of Nirvana before. Uh, Smells like Teen Spirit, I think. I think there was um, there was a, a few people's like maybe a classmate's older brother or something. I remember I got mm. a, a lift home once, and um, and he was playing Faith No More and playing Nirvana on yeah. on his nice. ster- car stereo, wow. and uh, I remember that was probably a very early exposure. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so, yeah. If if I didn't feel that I was deserving of adulation, if I was lacking in self confidence, mm. I, I I would feel stupid. I, yeah. I would. Um, I would be very, very um, unsure of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, this chorus is going to come around again, so I will yeah. let a thought percolate in my mind around that line and mm. <laughs> see if I can see if I can uh, put it into approximately digestible form for the next mm, chorus. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Shall we go ahead? Well, did we get up to the, the little list at the end of the no. chorus? Did we do that? No. no let's Hey, awesome listener. Yes, I'm talking to you. Um, We would like to thank you so much for coming on the journey with us so far in our investigation of Smells Like Teen Spirit. We talked for so long, we've had to break this up into two parts. So go and hit part two and we will catch you soon. All right, bye.